Thanks for listening to the podcast from River's Edge Church in Spokane, Washington. For more information or to gather with us on Sundays, please visit our website at respokane.org. We hope this message is impactful for you and others as we pursue the way of Jesus together. Good morning. Uh, my name is Matt. For those of you who haven't met, um, great to be with you this morning. We are uh, continuing in our vision series as a church, which we started last week. And uh, the goal of the vision series is to uh, unpack who we are and where we sense God is calling us in this coming year. So if you have a Bible, you can go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to uh, 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, verse 1. And as you're turning there, I want to share a word uh, that was brought a while back that has begun to, uh, that's going to shape our vision series. uh, And I think will actually shape our year together as a church as well. So uh, many of you know that we are part of an international family of churches called Regions Beyond, uh, which at the moment contains about 200 churches um, spread across every inhabited continent. And uh, Regions Beyond uh, received this, this word that was, that was given to the leadership, given to this movement of churches uh, as a prophetic word. And they've really begun to um, carry it and weigh it together uh, over the months. And uh, the word was this. Uh, we believe that Regions Beyond is entering a new era. This is not a new season, as a season can be recognized as something that's been experienced before. Uh, So right now we're headed into fall. You can feel it in the air. There's a change in season that we're experiencing, but we've all experienced fall before. This is different. Instead, uh, we believe God is leading us into a new era that we want to embrace and receive with expectation. And for months, the Regions Beyond Churches have been uh, carrying this and weighing this and wrestling with this word. And many are sensing that that God is, in fact, beginning to lead us into a new era. Uh, But the next logical question, if we're carrying that in faith, is what does that mean? Uh, What does it mean to step into a new era? What's involved in that? And so after six months of carrying this word... And kind of wrestling through that, uh, we believe the new era will be marked by the following things. First, a greater reliance on prayer, a greater reliance on the Spirit, a kingdom people and not kings, God capturing our heart for unreached people uh, here and abroad, more church happening outside of Sunday or outside of the building. Uh, greater battles but easier victories and pioneering things differently or, or breaking of the old mold. Uh, so in short, as we step into the vision series uh, and, and as we ask, hey, where are we headed this year? I would, th- I would say that these seven things kind of sum up for us 
where we're headed, where we want to head, what we are leaning into. And so through the vision series, we're going to explore some of these concepts together. And we have five weeks in the vision series. Uh, The soft start was actually Labor Day weekend, that Sunday, for those of you who are here in which we uh, practiced greater reliance on prayer. We took the entire Sunday to pray into what God has for us. Uh, Last week, if you were here, Ray Lowe was here, and he talked about expectation and relying on the Spirit. Hey, what's the role of the Holy Spirit in the church, and how can we greater rely on the Spirit to do the things that God calls us to? Um, Biblical church, fulfilling the Great Commission, all of that. Uh, Today, I'll talk about the third one, which is a kingdom people and not kings. Back one. a kingdom people, not kings. And then in the, in the coming weeks, we'll touch on some of the others as well. Uh, so that's a bit about where we're headed. And I want to focus in this morning on talking about what it means to be a kingdom people uh, and not kings. Um, and, and so we'll, we'll be exploring that. What does it look like to uh, not be a hierarchical organization with a local king at the top, but the true body of Christ? that we see in the scriptures, God's kingdom community, the church that God truly desires. And we'll pick up right here in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. This is what Paul writes. He says, Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, this part is key. Verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. And we'll stop there for now. Post-salvation, at least two things happen which are significant for our purposes this morning. The first is that you receive the Holy Spirit, and the second is that you become part of a new organism, uh, the family of God, or what we'd call the body of Christ. You become part of the church. And because you are filled with the Spirit, and because you are part of the body, you actually have a role to play in the body. You give your life to Jesus, He forgives you, Uh, you, you are saved from Satan, sin, and death. But he doesn't just save you from something, he actually saves you to something as well. He saves you into something, the body of Christ alive and at work in the world. And so now you are a part of this body, and the scriptures say you have a role to play in this body. And your role is not a passive one, it's an active one. And so the question you have to wrestle with is, how can I participate in the body of Christ? 
which is this living, active thing at work in the world? And the answer is that you can't do it on your own steam. You can't live or function off of your own good intentions. Instead, Paul says, rely on the Spirit. And the Spirit, Paul says, gives three different things. The Spirit gives gifts, the Spirit gives ministries or services, and the Spirit gives manifestations or working. And that's all from verses 4 through 6 that we just read. And, and so when you put that all together, it becomes clear that the church is not a consumer enterprise. The church is not an entertainment center. It's not a social club. It's not a system of morality. It's not an empty religious tradition. It is a living body animated by the Spirit of God. And so as a member of the body, you have the Holy Spirit available to you. And as you seek the Spirit and you're filled with the Spirit, then all these things that Paul is talking about begin to fall into place. You receive gifts from the Spirit. You receive ministries from the Spirit. You receive manifestations of the Spirit. And because all three of these are very personal and they all apply to you, I want to take some time this morning and say a quick word about each of these that Paul's just mentioned. Romans 12, uh, I'll start with gifts. Romans 12 says we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Paul gives us some examples of what gifts look like. And every single one of you, Paul says, is gifted. Some of those gifts have been with you since birth, built right into your DNA. It's part of who you are. Some of those gifts you received upon salvation when you gave your life to Jesus. And some of those gifts can be received at any time from the Spirit. Some of you will be gifted at things through the Spirit that you have yet to receive. But Paul says, hey, each one of you is gifted with something, and you ought to figure out what that thing is and use it to build up the body. Are you gifted at teaching? Well, then teach like your life depended on it. Are you gifted in administration, in generosity, in soundboard mixing, <laughs> in leading, in showing mercy, in giving encouragement, in prophesying, in serving? Well, then use that for the building up of the church, for the building up of the body. And maybe you're gifted at two things, and maybe you're gifted at five things, and maybe you're gifted at ten things. It doesn't matter. What matters 
is that you're discovering those gifts and you're using them to build up those around you. So a, a gift, and these, these are my definitions, okay? This isn't from a dictionary. But a gift in this context, as Paul's talking about it, is any ability, any ability that you have that the Spirit can pick up, animate, magnify, and, re, and repurpose to carry on the work of Jesus. And, and each of you has these. You might have three, you might have five, you might have ten. But we ask the Spirit to, to pick up, to animate, to repurpose the gifts that he's given us. To, to magnify those things for the work of Jesus. So first off, you are gifted. Second, you have a ministry. A ministry or a service is not something that pastors have. It's actually something that you have. A ministry or service, this is how I would define it, is the place God has called you to serve inside the church and on the mission of God. And and so the scriptures talk about certain uh, ministries or roles within the body. It talks about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And these are examples of roles that people can play in the body, building up the body toward fullness. And you have a role to play in the body as well. And if you're curious, hey, what does that look like for me? What does my ministry look like? Well, it's often going to build off of your gifts. Are you gifted in teaching? Well, some of those who are gifted in teaching should be teaching from up here. Some of them should be downstairs right now with the kids, teaching our kids and discipling them. Some of them should be teaching in in other contexts within the church. Do you have the gift of mercy? Well, if you have that, some of you are shaking your head no. Like, no, not me. Um, Some of you do have the gift of mercy, right? So you say, I'm gifted in that, and it's going to become the basis of a a ministry within the body. I will then minister to others who who are in financial or emotional or spiritual need. I will be moved toward them and, and minister to them. That actually becomes your ministry. And so it looks different for each person, but each person has a ministry within the church or a role to play. And the vast majority of those ministries do not have names or titles attached to them. Do you have the gift of encouragement? Okay, use that to build up the church. You have a role to play in the body. God has given you a ministry within this room of encouragement or healing or pastoring or serving or whatever it is. Uh, This is a role or function within the body that often builds off of your gifts. So, first, God has given you gifts. Second, uh, God has given you a ministry or a role to play. And third, God can manifest himself through you for the benefit of the church. 
And, and there's a fine line here, uh, but, but manifestation... Oh, I completely mistyped that. <laughs> In your mind, number three is manifestations. My goodness. This is three kids and a lack of sleep catching up to me. But, but there's a fine line between, between manifestations and gifts, but there is a difference. A gift is something that you carry, that, that God can pick up and animate. In a sense, it's always with you, but you can say, God, pick up this gift, use it for, for, the, for your mission in the world, to build up the body of Christ. Uh, the gift of encouragement, the gift of teaching, whatever it is, you carry that with you. But a manifestation is different. A manifestation is something God does through me in a specific moment. It's when the Spirit steps into the light and manifests himself in me, making his presence known through a specific act. And it might be a one-time thing, but I don't want us to miss this part. Because for many of us, uh, gifts and ministries kind of make sense to us. Oh, I'm gifted in this thing. I should serve in this way. I can play this role within the body. That all kind of checks out. But then uh, we get confused when it comes to manifestations. The key difference is that manifestations can happen through anyone. And here's what Paul says about them. This is picking up where we left off. Um, this is verse 7. Verse 7 says this, Now to each one, or to every person, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for what? For the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues." All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So here's the key point to be made with manifestations. The Spirit can do any of the things I just read on that list through me. He can do any of the things I just read on that list through you. God can heal someone through you. He can give you a message of knowledge or a prophetic word. But those are not superpowers that I just receive once and then carry with me for the rest of my life. It's not, it's not a gift that I possess. It's, it's a manifestation. It's something that God does through me in the moment as he wills. So any manifestation can happen through any follower of Jesus as they seek after God and he responds. And in many cases, we're asking for that or asking for a specific one and God responds and, and sometimes God just does it. But, but here's, here's the thing. It's true uh, that some people, even within this body, are particularly gifted in the prophetic 
or might be particularly gifted when it, when it comes to praying for healing. They see that a lot over and over again. And, and it might even rise, happen so often it would rise to the point where you say, wow, I think they, they have this, this gift for this. But at the same time, no one in this room can sit back and say, I don't have the gift of prophecy. I cannot prophesy because I don't have the gift of prophecy. It's, it's not a gift, it's a manifestation. I can't sit back and say, well, I'm not going to pray for healing. I, I don't have the gift of healing, so, so I'm not going to pray for that. Because it's a manifestation. God could give me a prophetic word. God could heal someone through me in a moment of prayer. Because they're manifestations, they can happen through any follower of Jesus at any time. So, um, let's run this through some real-life examples before we move on. Uh, Each of us is gifted. Each one of us has a service or a ministry or a role in the body. And uh, each one of us can experience manifestations of God as, as the Spirit moves in and through us. So, I might be gifted in teaching and leading. And if I'm not, just don't tell me, okay? If I am, then those things will complement or, or become the basis for my role as a, past, as a pastor. I'm in a pastoral role or function within the body. So hopefully my gifts are becoming the basis for the role that I play. And those I can kind of write out and define. I carry those with me wherever I go. But as I come into this room, I, I have to be aware of the fact that God can manifest himself through me in any of the things Paul wrote about on that list. And I don't know what, if anything, will happen this morning through me. And, and so as I look back, I can say, wow, over the last couple years, wow, God's given me hundreds of prophetic words. What about like a, 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 message, of, a message of knowledge? Or maybe like once or twice ever. In my life have I experienced that. I almost never pray for someone and see them physically healed. I have faith for that. I know God can do it. But if you're sick this morning, ask somebody else. <laughs> like, I am not, I am not the person. I don't know why. Like, I just, so I can look down that list and say, wow, I really see God manifesting himself in, in some of these ways in my life way more than others. Some I experience almost daily. Some I've never experienced. But because they're manifestations, I, I have to go in with that, with that hope, that faith, that expectation that, God, you can do any of those through me today. And it's going to be different for each person. Tracy is gifted in wisdom and teaching. He carries those gifts with him, and he says, God, Holy Spirit, animate these gifts for the good of the body. He has a role here or a function within the body as an elder. But God can manifest himself through Tracy in anything on that list this morning. And, and he, he sees people physically healed way more than I do as, as, as he's praying, as he's involved in that. That's God manifesting himself through Tracy in that way. Janie has the gift of encouragement 
and, and she's prophetically gifted as well. So those are gifts that she carries. She says, God, animate this for, for, to, to advance your mission in the world and to build up the body of Christ. And, and the Spirit picks those up and animates them. Will those become the basis for her ministry in this room? She's operating out of her gifts. And, and so she encourages and she shares prophetic words. And there's this incredible releasing and empowering that happens through the words that she shares. She ministers to the body, knowing all along that God can manifest himself through her in a new way at any point in time. And if someone were to, to stand up and speak in tongues, Janie is as likely as anyone else in the room to receive an interpretation. Say, whoa, as that person was speaking in tongues, here's, well, here's what I really felt like God was stirring in my heart. What, maybe that's never happened to her before. But it's a manifestation of the Spirit. So she can experience that as she comes into this place. Uh, Nick has gifts of service and of music. He, he carries them with him wherever he goes. And so as he comes into this place and participates in the body, uh, he, he often does that as a worship leader or as a sound tech or, or whatever the need might be. But as he does that, he knows, hey, the Spirit of God can manifest himself through me in miraculous powers, in, in speaking in tongues, in whatever it might be. And, and if he feels led in the Spirit to speak in tongues, well, then someone else, Coulter, might receive an interpretation. Well, as Nick was doing that, I really felt God stir in my heart. Do you, do you see how this works? The problem is, this isn't our normal church experience. Paul says, hey, look, there's an incredible diversity of gifts and ministries and manifestations, and some of those manifestations can happen enough through the same person that they rise to the level of gifts, and some of those gifts are, are going to be the basis for ministry, and all of them kind of start to just bleed together and overlap in the spirit. But here's the point. They all come together for the building up of the body as God gives to each person as he desires. Church was meant to be a, a rich participatory experience. This is Paul's uh, words from 1 Corinthians, this is a chapter or two after what we read. He says, when you come together, each of you has a hymn, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. And, and you saw some of this modeled beautifully already this morning. I almost forgot I had to teach because I was so caught up just listening to people share and, and lead the prayer times and like, and hey, this is what God laid on my heart. Hey, as we were praying this morning, th that's what Paul's talking about. He, he says he's going to speak to each one of you. He's going to give you something, and it might seem profound, and, and it might seem really simple. Like, really, God, like, this is it? This is what you want me to share? But, but the church gets built up. John, where's John? John, as you were sharing that, like, I had goosebumps. I was like, wow, this is just so... God was in that. It's so good. He's, he's doing that so that the body might be built up. Everyone carries something into the gathering 
that can be used to build up those around them. That's how the body of Christ is supposed to work. The problem is that this isn't our normal church experience. The typical church does not function like a body. It's more like an event. You've got a few performers up front. You've got consumers in the seats. They consume and they go home. And you know what they say after they go home? Hey, man, how was church today? Oh, it was really good. The pastor did a great job. Really? How did you do? Did you use your gifts? Did you engage in ministry? Did you expect, seek, allow for manifestations of the Spirit? How did you do? Did you participate? Two years ago, I was in South Africa uh, with a small group of pastors from all over the world. Uh, and it was my first uh, Regions Beyond event, this, this small international conference. And it was a week-long conference, uh, but every morning as we gathered together, I was just struck by how these young people uh, were just going for God in, in our worship times. And I thought, oh my gosh, we have an hour of prayer and worship like before we start the conference. Like, this is, oh, like, I just was not, and then we got in there, and I was thinking, like, what are these people doing? Like, they were just going for God with this faith, with this hunger, with this expectation. And, and to be honest, I felt cold by comparison. It, all of a sudden, I came into that, that heat and just thought, oh, my gosh, my heart is, is like numb and calloused. And I didn't know it was. But in that environment, it, it became clear. And I began to just hunger for more of the Spirit. I began to hunger for more of God. And, and I encountered God powerfully through that experience. And in fact, uh, by the end of the week, on one of the last days, I actually received the gift of tongues, uh, which up to that point, I literally thought it was impossible. Like, I, could, I, can, I will place money on the fact that that, that, will, that could never happen to me. And yet, in the spirit, it did. And, and something in me just cracked open. Like, I, I just came to life in God in a new way. And during the course of that week, there were so many things that, that God spoke over my life and, and new direction that he'd given me and new dreams. But there's one of them, this dream that, that he, he spoke to me uh, in that time uh, that I want to share with you this morning. And, and the, this dream, was it was this image of the church, and, and I can only describe it, kind of the phrase God gave me to go with it, was the Montessori Church. And, and if you don't know anything about uh, Montessori school or how that education system works, um, it's, it's different than your typical education. So uh, typical education is kind of one uh, teacher up front who maintains control of the classroom. They have the knowledge and, and they need to attempt to keep control so that they can take that knowledge and give it to the people who are there. Uh, a Montessori classroom is different. Uh, it, it's more of an open format. There's stations around the room and, and it's student-led learning. 
So the students come in and kind of map out, hey, here's what I need to do, here's how I want to do it, and, and they go and they engage and they learn and, and they discover for the joy of learning, they, and they figure out what they're passionate about, and they figure out what they're gifted at. And, and if they get stuck on something, they, they actually start by going to, to a student around them. Hey, I'm, I actually am really struggling with this math thing. How do you do, can you help me with this? And if they both don't know how to do it and they get stuck, well, then they might come up to the teacher. And, and the teacher's there almost like a facilitator or a coach. And then the three of them kind of work through that together. And then, and then they go back out and, and, they, and they, they lean into the things that they're passionate about. It's a totally different approach to education. And the beautiful thing is that it works. The atmosphere of a Montessori classroom is, is electric. It's, it's beautiful. And, and so I sense God saying, hey, that's the church I want you to build. It's not one person at the front who has all the answers and exercises control over the church. No. It's each person coming alive in their discipleship, coming alive in their gifting, figuring out what they're passionate about and and what they want to pursue. And, And there's leaders around to serve, in, in, in the background, but they're there to help out when necessary as each one of you pursues what you have in God. It's not one king of the classroom who exercises his gifts while all the other students sit quietly and then consume and then go home. That's not the church we encounter in Scripture. It's a Montessori church. It's a fully participatory body. And somewhere, if you, were, if you went through church history with Ray Lowe, you know this. Somewhere in the mid-second century, we, we lost this. The church stopped exercising a lot of the gifts and, and shifted into a, a rigid hierarchy where one person leads from the front and everyone else comes to sit quietly, consume, and go home. And the saddest part is that under that model, you don't even know that you're gifted. You're not even fully aware of the gifts that you carry, of the role that you're meant to play, of what God wants to do through you. about spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters. I don't want you to be ignorant or uninformed, Paul says. But too often, we are. Over the centuries, we lost our sense of a participatory body. And now we actually have to work to fight to recapture what the Bible calls biblical community. And in fact, we've so lost the plot line that a call back to participation for many of us actually comes as something that's challenging and uncomfortable. 
well, that's not really how we did it in my church growing up. Well, that's not really what I'm used to. Well, I don't really know. Gifts, roles, ministries, manifestations. Isn't that Pentecostal stuff? Like, what are, what are we talking about? No, it, it's biblical stuff. This is the church that God had. And, and, and he lost it, and he wants it back. And I know moving from one to the other can feel confusing and even intimidating. But here's where I want us to start. I want us to start with encouragement. Ray Lowe, who was with us last week, has a great line. He says, there's one gift that unlocks all the other gifts. Do you know what it is? It's encouragement. That's where it starts. That's the foundation. It starts with us taking the time to look around and encourage one another. To say, here's what I see in you. Wow, Chris, Bethany, oh, you guys are so servant-hearted. You don't even have to be asked. You guys, you just step in and, and you serve where it's needed. And oh my gosh, you're, you have the gift of mercy, your, your heart for, for the downtrodden, for the, for the down and out, for the brokenhearted. Oh, you're, you're, you're teachable, your heart to learn and grow and teach others. Wow, you guys, you guys could lead a church someday. Oh man, Hannah and Richard, the, the life that you guys bring into the room. The last few weeks have been terrible. <laughs> We're so glad that you're back. I'm, that's not true. Some of it is. Uh, but, uh, you, oh, the, the, the Battertons. Wow. You, your faithful presence, your prophetic edge. Without you guys, this church would not exist. Oh, man, the, the Easterbrooks. Wow. The wisdom, the empathy, the kindness that you bring. You flavor every gathering that you're a part of. What am I doing right now? I, I'm just saying what I think is obvious. Those things seem obvious, self-evident. Hey, here's, here's what I see in you. Here's, here's the way that God works through you. Here's who you are in Christ. But as we encourage one another, we, we actually get built up and released in our gifts. This becomes an encouraging place, a safe place, a place where we can step out with confidence. And we can try and we can fail and we can grow in, in this, in what God calls biblical community. And as a few people come alive in their gifts and start operating in that, well, guess what? It spurs on the next person and the next person and the next person. And all of a sudden... We have a church that, that looks and feels like the book of Acts. So two things I want to leave us with this morning. Uh, well, three, really. 
uh, and the first is this. In a very general sense, I want us to grow in our understanding of gifts, uh, ministries, and ministries. No, I'm kidding. Gifts, ministries, and manifestations. Okay? I want us to grow in our understanding and in our hunger for those things. That we would open the scriptures and say, whoa, I didn't see it before. But this is actually what church, oh, each, you know how many times he says each one? Each person, each person, each person, each of you is gifted. Each of you has a role. Each of you receives a manifestation. Everyone. Well, I, I never thought of biblical community that way. So, so part of it's growing in our understanding in the head and our hunger in the heart for gifts, men, ministries, and manifestations. God, I want to grow in that. Give me new gifts. Show me the gifts I have. Show me the role to play. God, manifest yourself through me. Sometimes we, we have not because we ask not. So first, grow in your understanding and your hunger. And these second two are even more practical. Number two, encourage one another. And if you do a whole bunch of encouraging right after the teaching, everyone's going to know, okay, you're just doing that because Matt told you to do that. But as a community, you still should, but as a community, we want to grow and, and we want that to be part of the atmosphere of the church. Say what you think is obvious because the other person is living with lies in their head and, and, and a mis, misinformed, blurred vision of who they are, you can help them see. You can help them see who they are in Christ. Start with what you think is obvious and build others up in the Lord. As you do, I promise you, people will be 10 times more likely to risk and step out in their gifting and share with others and play the role they were meant to play. And finally, uh, the last practical thing we want to make you aware of is that in every gathering, we're going to have uh, what we call a host. So this is the first week we're doing this. Tracy's our host. Tracy, wave to the people. There you go. Uh, and the host is just going to be a guy or a gal who has the microphone and who sits down here in the front row. And, and if you feel like, hey, I have this encouraging word, I have this prophetic word, I have this, had this dream. Hey, this morning as I was reading streams in the desert, I, you know, I, I read this passage and it, oh, man, it really encouraged me. I wonder if this is something that might encourage the church. Whatever it is, if you have, hey, here's what God's done in my life. Oh my gosh, we were praying for this thing and here's what happened. Do you know what that does? You bring the simplest thing and, and faith breeds faith. You just share, oh man, there was this, it was a little way. It was this little thing. He didn't raise the dead, but man, I've been praying for this for three weeks and look what happened. And, and so if you, if you have that and you, and you do, um, then the invitation in any gathering from here forward is just to come to the front. It can be mid-worship. It can be mid-teaching. I don't care. Come to the front, come to the host, and just say, hey, here's what's on my heart. Here's what God's been speaking to me. Here's what I read. Here's what I'm sensing. What, what do you think? And, and the host can work that through. Maybe the host will jump up and share, hey, I just wanted to pass on this word. Maybe they'll say, hey, why, why don't we talk about that after the gathering? Let's continue to pray into that. Or they'll say, hey, here's, here's the mic. And, like, just, just go. <laughs> Encourage people. Build up the body of Christ with what he's given you. Why go through all that trouble? 
Because we want a biblical church. We don't want a cold, rigid, hierarchical organization. We want a participatory body. We want a community in which everyone sees themselves as gifted and valued and necessary for building the body toward fullness. A place where people expect God to move in and amongst us. People who are breaking out of old, worn-out patterns that are unhelpful and not really biblical either. There are no one-man shows in the New Testament church. There are no celebrity pastors. There aren't rigid hierarchies. There's just a beautiful, organic mix of hands and feet and eyes and ears and legs all serving their role in the body of Christ as it's animated by the Spirit. And as we step into the new era, we don't want celebrity pastors. We don't want a one-man show or a one-woman show. We don't want a king and a classroom. We want the kingdom. We want a kingdom people. We want a body in which everyone is coming alive in their gifts. And, and, and this is part and, and parcel of the new era. That's where we want to head. And that's what we want to embrace as we step into a new year together. Let's pray. And actually, um, if you're willing, would you just stand with me as we close in prayer? Uh, I'll invite Annie up to the front. And and I'm just going to pray over the body. Um, And I I don't really know how else to end this other than praying for just a, a, a simple and sweet releasing of gifts in the body. Um, for some of that, uh, for some of you, that means I'm gonna I'm gonna start by encouraging others. Some of you just really need to be encouraged that that you're valued, that you're necessary. That is, if you close yourself off from your own gifting, if you refuse to share that with the body, we we hurt. We actually feel that. Ray Lowe said last week, you you shortchange God and you shortchange each other. We're we're taking something from each other. When, when we refuse to do that. Um, but I just want to encourage us uh, as we close in prayer. Jesus, uh, we pray, come Holy Spirit, and would you fill us, Lord? I thank you for the way, Jesus, that you love us. Oh, if we could fully grasp the love that you have for us. It sets us free. God, I thank you for who we are in you. If we could fully see even who we are in Christ, we would be stunned. And we thank you, Jesus, that you said, hey, it's actually better that I leave so that the helper can come. Because when he comes, wow, you're really going to come to life. I'm not just going to be walking alongside you in a body by the Sea of Galilee. No, no, no. I'm going to dwell inside of you. And I'm going to give you gifts 
and I'm going to give you ministries, and you're going to have a role to play. You're going to be my hands. You're going to be my feet. You're going to be my eyes. You will. Jesus, we see what you did with 12 simple fishermen on the edge of the Sea of Galilee 2,000 years ago. It's changed the world because of, of the way your spirit works through simple people. And so here we are again, Lord, embarking on a new year and making a new ask. God, would you release us in our gifts? Jesus, would you come? Would you work amongst your people? Would you release us in our gifts? Would you release us in our ministries? Open our eyes, Lord, to see the good works you prepared in advance for us to do, the role that we're meant to play. Because in this place, the eye will never say to the hand, I don't need you. No, each person will look to the other and say, we need you. Just as you are, with, with all of your shortcomings, with all of your flaws, with all of that junk the enemy loves to throw in your face, with all of the excuses we carry as to why we aren't important or not gifted or don't have a role or don't have a minute. God, we throw that out the window this morning. I pray that you would come now as we worship and that you would speak truth. I pray that you would bring to life gifts that have been collecting dust. I pray that you would impart new gifts to us this morning. And Jesus, if this is the church that you want, then we say, come and and build it among us. Come and have your way. We turn to you now. We receive from you now. We worship you now. In Jesus' name, amen.